This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Okay, so a lot more still to come. I do want to get to this story, as I mentioned before the bottom of the hour. I mean, it speaks to some of the issues uh, in the foster care system and how kids are dealt with when they need to be moved, you know, to different different homes, different situations. You know, foster care is there for a reason, right? It's got a role to play. And it's not necessarily always going to be the, the final and permanent home for these kids. Sometimes, you know, adoption follows. But I think we need to recognize, especially with very young kids, the amount of time they're in these homes. These are crucial years for them and the bonds they're forming with these people. But to them, that's all they know. And and I think the system needs to to recognize the importance of that. It doesn't preclude them from being moved to to other situations, but recognizing that that bond exists and how painful it can be for these kids when suddenly all these people you've known as family are now suddenly out of your life. And maybe even, you know, for the kids thinking that, well, maybe that's what they want. I thought they loved me. Maybe they don't, right? And, you know, how can we ignore that? So that's what troubled me about this story. And I wanted to, to explore it in more detail. Before we get into it, and we'd reached out to the um, child services agencies at Siksika and Sutina. Didn't get a comment from them. We did get a response from the press secretary for the Ministry of Children's Services. who says, quote, we can... Uh, Start again. Quote, we take the safety and well-being of Alberta's children extremely seriously. In order to protect the safety and privacy of the children and families involved, we cannot speak to the details of a specific foster or kinship placement. When our frontline workers make decisions regarding the placement of children in care, they do so based on a wide range of factors and ultimately do whatever is in the best interest of the child or children. Okay, so our next guest here, her name is Kim, has been a foster parent for a very long time and reached out to us in in frustration that she didn't know where else to turn. Had these children with her for a significant period of time, were abruptly removed from the home, promises were made about contact being maintained, didn't happen. And she's struggling to, well, still, I guess, get that contact, but just to, to see how these kids are doing. So let's bring her into the conversation here. Uh, we'll, we'll refer to her just as Kim, just to, to protect the identities uh, of everyone involved. But uh, Kim, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Uh, good. So th- this this all happened what, what, about nine months ago? Yes, it did. It happened Octo- in the end of October. The kids were removed. Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. The, the, these were four children, all infants, that, that were placed in your care. Tell us about what, what happened at the time. I worked for Sitsika Child and Family Services, and I had four children placed in my care, three in the same year, and then the fourth one was a sibling to one of the first three, and he was placed the next year when he was born. So the three, first three were all the same age, and there were two, brother and sister, and then a separate family, another child. And I raised them until they were five. And throughout that time, the two were 
visiting their aunt and uncle. And there was always issues with those visitations where the children were upset when they went and would hide and didn't want to go. And I could never understand why. So the visitations continued because it was family, because they are, um, they are native children, and I am a foster home. I had to allow it. Mm. So they continued with those visitations. They were very sporadic for a while, and then I, I basically said, you either make them all the time on a regular basis, or we got to stop because the kids aren't settling in. We did make them. They did make them regular, but the kids never did settle in. And then, as time went on, two of those children, the, the youngest one and, and his sibling, which are from, their mother is from a different reserve. She's from Sutina. And when the, when the ring road went through, as it works out, children are registered under their mother's name. So two of them were registered with Sutina, and that's what caused the problems. As soon as they were registered with Sutina, because I worked for Sitsika, Sitsika demanded the Sutina children be moved. The two children from Sutina are high needs, very high needs. And I said, you know, Sutina's been looking um, for home, for family, and there was a family to be had. Mm -hmm. So... There was back and forth, and I couldn't understand why they couldn't just contract my bed so that the two Satina children could stay. And that would mean that Satina then would pay all the bills. And Sitsika would not be caught up in that financial mess, right? But they insisted that I couldn't work for two different DFNAs, which means um, uh, designated First Nations agencies. And so there was all of this mayhem. I thought everything had settled down. They had given Sutina a year to try and find a home for these kids. And uh, without my knowledge, I did not understand, or they didn't tell me, that if Sutina didn't find a family, that they were going to pull the other two children who had been with me all along. So the year comes up, and all four kids are still with me, and Sitsika comes in and says, well, replacing them with the aunt and uncle. Originally, I mean, it's never, it was never a good placement, and they always told me that aunt and uncle were not going to be considered for full-term care for forever because it was not a suitable placement. All of a sudden, it's a suitable placement. They gave me two months. They said they would take two months to place the kids, and they started doing overnights on weekends. The kids were in school. It was in September. And the behaviors started coming out in these two kids. And the one little person started to smear. And I talked to the worker. I said, you need to slow this down. This person is smearing. This little man is smearing. And it's because he's upset. No, no, no. It's because he's confused. They pushed it. We're moving him next Friday. So it ended up going from two months to just over a month. Wow. These kids were pulled. They didn't even tell them they were going to be moved. And then... You know, when they said, we're moving on Friday, that was a Tuesday. I said, you need to tell these kids what's happening because you haven't even talked to them. So I made them sit down with these two little five-year-olds and tell them, you know, you're moving to auntie and uncles and you won't be coming back. And it just was, it was horrendous. It was just horrendous. And they told the other two kids in my home, yes, you will see your brother and sister. No, you will not lose track. They promised us all visits. And I said, it's really important, these kids have been with me for five years, for there to be overlap transition and overlap support from our home to that home. 
so that these kids know that they haven't been dumped out the door and that they know that we're still in their lives, that we still love them, that we still care for them, right. and that we will always be there. They said, absolutely, no problem. So everything went along, and at the last minute, they were supposed to take them on Friday after school. I get a email Friday morning, oh, we're picking them up at noon. And I emailed them back and said, no, you're not. They have a party at school. Their friends are saying goodbye. They need to say goodbye to the family after school. So, you know, they did manage to pull it together so we, they could get them after school. I picked the kids up after school, brought them home, and they were, they were waiting at the door. And they were waiting at the door for them. So they put them in the car. Of course, the kids are clinging to me and screaming, and it was horrendous. And they said, you're not going to lose your mom. My other kids are standing there. They're crying because their brother and sister are being removed. And they said, you're not going to lose your mom. You're not going to lose your brother and sister. Your family's still here. They will always be there for you, and you will visit them. I promise you will visit them. And they talked to the other two in my care, and they said, yes, you're going to be able to see them. It's very important that we see them. We understand. They drove away, and we never got to see them. So they cut us off. I fought. I got what they call an administrative review, which is a trying to get reverse decision of a decision that's been made. And now I, I ask for the review to be about... Um, the lack of contact or the decision to have no contact. I won that. I won that administrative review, and the decision through that was that these two kids that are within Sitsika would be going to a psychologist because they were suffering in care, in their, their, their auntie and uncle's care. They would go to a psychologist, and my family would visit them at the psychologist's office. So... Nothing happened, nothing happened. And I phoned the psychologist's office um, under the, the um, I had actually talked to somebody at Native Counseling downtown Calgary. And she said, just phone and introduce yourself. So I did. And when I did, they said, oh, we're so glad you called. Because we don't even know why we're treating these kids. They're just here. We have no history. Hmm. I said, you're kidding me, right? She said, nope. Nobody, we can't get a hold of a social worker. We don't even know why they're here. So I went ahead and I, I said, okay, you talk to them, see if it's okay. I'll give you the history. Well, they never got back to them. So they just phoned me and said, you give us the history. So I gave them the whole history of the kids growing up. I didn't even bring really, I brought the move into it, but very generally. Yeah. And, you know, I said, you know, I, I won this administrative review and I want to, we want to see the kids. And I sent them a copy of the review and they sent back to me that they would contact the worker and then they would get back to me. Well, they contacted the worker, they contacted the supervisor, there was no response. So they phoned me up and said, let's do it. They set up a visit and they said, you come first, because at this point in time, it had already been four months. You come first and we'll do an, um, a visit with you and we'll see how that goes and then we'll, you know, expand it from there. So I got to see them for 25 minutes. And, of course, the visit was phenomenal, right? And the yeah. kids just blossomed during that visit. They said, this is great. So they said to the two kids, who do you want to see at your next visit next week? So the kids chose the other two small children, of course. They wanted to see their brother and sister. And 
So that visit was supposed to happen a week from that day. The day before that visit, I believe it was Wednesday, the day before, I got a phone call from the psychological agency saying, we're really sorry, but Sitsika has contacted us and informed us that they are the guardians and they absolutely disallow any more visits with you and your family. And we can't go against that because we work for them. My family was devastated. My six-year-old now asks about her sister every day without fail. When will I see my sister? I miss my sister. My sister loves this food. My sister liked that show. I miss my sister. She won't let anybody sit on her sister's bed or sleep in her sister's bed. It's She's suffering, according to the pediatrician, from PTSD. And this has just really devastated our family that we could not do this follow-up care. These kids should have been integrated into that home and should have been visitations with us throughout that process and onward until those children were settled in and understanding that, yes, we are with family, but yes, that other family did not dump us off. They love us. We have two families. Isn't that wonderful? And aren't we well-loved? We we need to address this, and this this is higher than anybody, you know, you or I. Yeah. It has to go to the top, and it has to be addressed, no matter whose toes have to be stepped on, because these children are our future. And what we're seeing is more kids coming into care, and kids that have no healthy family for generations back, because it's repeated and repeated. I'm frustrated. Well, understandably so. Um, look, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to follow this story. Uh, Kim, do keep in touch with us. And uh, like you say, I mean, uh, you know, clearly something needs to change. This isn't helping these kids in any way. Kim, thanks for sharing your story with us and uh, making some time for us here today. I appreciate you calling me because somebody needs to hear this. And it's, it's been a very big frustration for me that nobody wanted to open the doors and say, yeah, we need to touch on this subject. Okay. So there you go. That's, uh, that's Kim's story, what they've gone through. Got a text here from someone in a similar situation. Says, I'm a foster parent 20 years. Five-day transition has become the norm to move kids. Move uh, home to parents or other family or adoption to strangers. Last year, I had to spend over $15,000 on a lawyer to fight for a child to stay in my care instead of being forced to move. We we shouldn't have to do the department's dirty work for them. They simply need to grow a backbone and do what's right for kids. Seems obvious to me. Okay, 403-974-TALK is our number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.